In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may want a bit of context about our lesson read earlier about the budding of Aaron's staff. In the chapters immediately prior to 17, God's people have been doing grumbling, much grumbling, much murmuring against Moses, Aaron, even Yahweh himself. In chapter 14, they were on the cusp of going into the promised land, the land filled with milk and honey. But they sent 12 spies into the land, and 10 came back saying, oh, we cannot possibly ever conquer this land. Those people are giants. Only two of them thought that it was possible. They grumbled about the deity who had, been, had brought them out to die in this place, and Yahweh was unhappy with them and considered destroying them all. Only Moses, Joshua, Caleb, and a few others were confident in the God who had rescued them miraculously so far. Moses actually has to intervene for the people, and Yahweh repents and opts not to destroy them all. Instead, they are to live out the next 40 years in the wilderness rather than in the promised land. But, unfortunately, very soon, they grumble even more. And in chapter 16, we hear of Korah's rebellion, where he and others chafe at the leadership of Moses and Aaron, Yahweh's chosen servants. And then the ground opens up and swallows all of the rebels. Yahweh desires to give his people clear evidence about who will be, who should be their spiritual leader, to rid himself and Aaron of this constant grumbling. And to those relatively faithful people who had not joined in Korah's sin, Yahweh gives this sign that Aaron is still to be their mediator, their high priest. Aaron's staff buds and blossoms and actually grows and produces almonds. So, what have we been grumbling about lately? It's the beginning of the quarter. There's not as much to grumble about as there was at the end of the quarter with all the workload going on then. Were any of you grumbling about the papers and assignments that you thought were unnecessary? Were faculty grumbling about the poor production of their students or about synodical administrators that they thought were misguided? Were staff grumbling about not feeling appreciated by either faculty or students? Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10 that faithless grumbling stems from the idolatry, the idolatry of the Israelites of Moses' day and propensity for their evil desires, but also from our own idolatry. Paul warns the Corinthians and other New Testament believers, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Now, it is important for us to distinguish between sinful grumbling and faithful complaining. In a few moments, we're going to bring our petitions to the Lord in prayer, and maybe some of those even as complaints. I have one in particular that my cousin, who's only one day older than me, has serious cancer that he's struggling with, and it's been a reoccurring cancer that seems to be threatening his life. He and I were baptized together as infants years ago. In the Psalms and the prophets, we hear many complaints. How long, O Yahweh, will you forget me forever? Psalm 13. Habakkuk, O Yahweh, how long shall I cry for help and you will not listen? 
but the complaint psalms are nearly always complaining about the effects of living in this sinful world of illness or of enemies or of impending death. And complaint psalms don't try to go sideways, but actually address God directly, usually with a statement of trust included toward the end, as in Psalm 13. But I have trusted in your loyal love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. Two thousand years ago, there was one among us who complained to God. Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In Jesus, our ultimate mediator and high priest, we can be assured that his complaining was true and pain-filled, bearing the weight of all of our sins and illnesses and death. His complaining and groaning was not self-seeking or idolatrous, but sought to point the world and us in the direction of the one true and loving God. His wooden staff, the cross, blossomed and miraculously produced new life, not of almonds, but of a new life of resurrection, first for himself and then for us all as we look forward to our resurrected bodies. He produced that for all those who love and trust in him. So in this season of Advent, may the Holy Spirit call us away from faithless, idolaters grumbling, and lead us to trust in Him who left His home in heaven to come and live here among us and give His life for us. Amen.